Well, good morning, everybody. Great to see you all. Um, very uh, warm welcome. And we are looking forward to hearing from Stuart and Enid later, who are going to tell us all about the Gideons. So we're going to uh, look forward to that. There's some stuff here. Um, and I have brought for you both a jar in case you want to smash it as part of your talk. And if you want to join the Gideons, be careful about how you drink your water at the end. And if you don't get those jokes, you need to read the book of Judges in the Bible, and then it'll make sense. Right, okay. We're going to start by singing our first hymn, which is number 469, 469. My faith looks up to thee, thou Lamb of Calvary. Let's sing together, 469. the fact that we have your word and we are able to read it and through it we are able to know you and what it is that you have done for us. Lord, we recognise that our hope is not in our ability to keep your law, but rather in this truth that we are ransomed souls. We are those who have been bought, that we have been made set free from our sin, not by our own works or efforts, but instead by what you have accomplished for us on the cross, Jesus. We thank you that you did everything that is necessary so that if we would put our trust in you, you would, be forgive, you would forgive us our sins and you would give us new hearts and your spirit so that we can live lives that please you and honour you. Lord, we pray that firstly we would be those who understand what it means to surrender our lives completely to you, to be dependent upon you as our hope and salvation. And then being in that place, Lord, that we would then not be content just with that, but we would live out this life, that we would live lives worthy of what you have called us to. And Lord, that we would honour you and we would take your gospel to those around us so that they too might know your love. Father, we pray this morning, especially for Stuart and Enid, as they talk to us about the Gideons, Lord, we look forward to hearing about the work of the Gideons and what that is. And Lord, we look forward to... Um, 
um, uh, when my dad speaks a little bit later from Hebrews as well. And Father, we pray that we would have a great service this morning for your glory. Amen. And the notices for the rest of the day are as follows. Um, After this, there will be tea and coffee at back. Um, And then uh, on Wednesday, we have our Bible study, which is at 7.30 here in the church. Uh, So we do look forward to that. And this week, uh, we'll be food at it. And hopefully, we're going to start a series, a Bible overview series. We do look forward to that. That's this Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. Um, On uh, Friday, we have the Baby and Solid Group at 10 a.m., and then at 6.45pm, we have the CBC Club, 6.45pm, uh, and that's also here in the church. Then on Sunday at 11am, we have our normal morning service, uh, and after the service, there will be a buffet, uh, 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 or a coronation meal, I think we said it would be, something like that. Uh, so if we've ordered some, my mum's ordered some like sandwiches and wraps and things like that from... from um, a royally appointed shop, I believe. I think they've got the crest, Morrison's. Um, so uh, we'll we look forward to that. And if you want to help and bring something, speak to my mum afterwards and she'll let, let, let you know what, what we could do with. Uh, so that'll be after the service uh, next Sunday. Do uh, bring that and crowns are not compulsory. And we don't know whether the man himself will turn up, but we imagine probably not. Um, but we do look forward to that. Um, we're going to have our reading now. Um, which is from Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 to 3. Hebrews chapter 11. Uh, uh, sorry, is it, it is two, just three verses? Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 to 3. You'll find this on page 853. Hebrews chapter 11, beginning to read at verse 1. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command, so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. We're going to hear about that uh, a little bit later. Uh, But before that, um, uh, we've got Two things, we're going to have some choruses, and then after that, we're also going to have Stuart and Enid. And I've just realised my mistake, which is I've been talking about the Gideons, and the Gideons have changed their name to Good News for Everyone. So apologies for the confusion there, uh, but, but, but we'll hear more about that later. Anyway, we're going to sing some choruses. So, who, any, any, anyone got a favourite to start us with? Renea, what's, what do you want to sing? <laughs> Stop. Oh, strong, be strong. Okay, we're going to sing uh, our... Oh, oh God, it's so good. Muscle, muscle song, muscle song. Our God is so so great, so strong, so
To Stuart and to Enid now, who are going to come and share with us about good news for everyone. Um, so I'll hand over to you and uh, we'll look forward to it. Thanks. So, who's heard of the Gideons? This is the interactive bit. You're allowed to put your hand up. Well, we're not called the Gideons anymore. We're called Good News for Everyone. The Gideons was started in America 
by an association of Christian business men. And women were only allowed to join if their husband was a member. In this country, it began in 1949. Now, due to the equalities law in this country, it couldn't carry on like that. Women had to be allowed to join in their own right and to take any of the offices. So things had to change. The Americans didn't like that, and so we weren't allowed to be part of Gideon's International anymore. So we had to change, we had to find a new name, a new logo, none of your pictures anymore, that we, we don't smash anymore. <laughs> in many ways, it's been good. Now women can join in their own, light, in their own right. We have a lady who's recently joined our branch. She's unmarried. Previously, she wouldn't have been allowed to join because obviously she didn't have a husband who was a Gideon. We've um, introduced other material that Gideon's International may not have wanted us to. We have some magazines called Hope. They're very colourful. I've brought a few. You can take one if you wish. They've got portions of the Psalms and they've got John's Gospel in. And I think they would be very useful in places like waiting rooms, doctors and dentists waiting rooms, hairdressers, where people could just pick them up, flick through them, take them away if they wanted to, where they might not pick up a Bible. We've also introduced something for junior schools, which has been very useful in many junior schools and very well accepted. It's called Discover magazine. It's based on the national curriculum and the class can work through each of the portions of scripture, answer questions on them every week and they've been very well accepted. Now the difference between the testaments and bibles that we give out is it's got instructions in the front, it's got helps in the front and those helps we have updated upgraded. So we've given people better guidance to the Bible. Um, there's a reading plan, suggestion for prayers, and uh, we've updated them. And we've also added Proverbs to our Testaments. It used to be the New Testament and Psalms. It's now New Testament, Psalms, and Proverbs. So Splitting from Gideon's International has given us quite a bit of freedom and in many ways we can improve things. The name is not so well known. It can be a bit of a mouthful, good news for everyone, but it describes actually what we do. In the UK we have about 260 branches and about 4,000 members. In Liverpool we have three branches. We are obviously a member of what's called the central branch and that covers this area and also the centre of Liverpool so we have a lot of hotels. Stuart is the treasurer of our branch and the chaplain. He gives a short devotional talk at the beginning of each monthly meeting. I'm the secretary. And there are various other jobs, what we call a friend's secretary, and she sends out a magazine twice a year to people that um, would like to support us. That's this sort of magazine. If anyone would like to receive them a couple of times a year, let us know. It's the responsibility of all the members in our branch to distribute scriptures. Um, recently, we've been trying to get Bibles in all the hotels in Liverpool and the surrounding area, because as some of you may not may realize, we are gonna be inundated with people coming to Liverpool next week for Eurovision. So we wanted a Bible in every hotel room and we have been visiting hotels 
and offering them, in, uh, offering Bibles in the hotels. We were away in Shrewsbury a couple of weeks ago, and one of the first things I always do when I go in a hotel room is have a look in the bedside drawer, see if there's a Bible there. We give this full Bible to hotels. Well, there wasn't one in our hotel room in Shrewsbury. Obviously, we had our own, so we didn't necessarily need it. But when we checked out, the girl on reception said, everything all right with your room? And I said, yes, it was really good, thank you. There was one thing missing, a Bible. And she looked a little bit taken aback. And I said to her, would you like one? And I gave her one of these. And I said, now, if you would like them in all the bedrooms, in the front, the phone number, the website address of Good News for Everyone, and they would be happy to get Bibles in all the rooms here. And that's something that anybody could do. You don't need to be a member to do that. If you're staying in a hotel, see if there's a Bible there. When you're checking out, say to the receptionist, oh, it was lovely having finding a Bible in the bedside table. If there isn't one, oh, we were a little bit disappointed that there wasn't a Bible there. Because we've got to promote our Christian faith because there are so many detractors these days, aren't there? So that's something that you can all do if you're staying away anywhere. I go to residential homes with my guide and driver and we give them these larger print ones, a bit larger. Can you see them from there? Mm, nearly. And um, for the staff, we give them these little testaments for the staff, and we offer them the Hope magazines as well. And sometimes they'll say, we'll take a few, Hope, few of the Hope magazines, put them in the lounge. And so that's been really good. We, we've enjoyed, we enjoy doing that. As you may know, we give them to nurses and other medical staff, and we try and get them into every bedside locker. That's getting harder and harder. The main excuse is COVID, infection, and they say, oh, well, well, we'll keep a couple on the nurses' station. If anyone wants one, they can come and ask for them. Who, who's really ill, in bed, in hospital, is gonna go to a nurses' station and ask for a Bible? It needs to be in the bedside locker. And what we do do is have them um, shrink-wrapped with a label on saying, you're welcome to open this and read it and take it home with you. So that sort of covers the infection angle. But it, it, it does get hard in the hospitals. We give little red ones in school. Some of you might have had one. Obviously, it would have had the, the Gideon emblem on, not the sort of open Bible emblem that we have now. We were asked to go to the Everton School the Everton School is partly supported by Everton Football Club and um, it is for children who have been expelled or excluded from other schools. Of course, they didn't want red ones, so we had to get Everton blue ones for them. And Stuart and I went along in fear and trembling, thinking of all these kids that had been expelled from other schools, what were they going to be like? But they listened attentively, and all of them took a testament. It's a gorgeous school as well. Really, really nice. We give out um, testaments on the streets, usually at Christmas. We had a hard time this Christmas because the day that we had decided was the day of all the snow and ice. It was a terrible day, and we only managed to give out about 100 because you're frightened of breaking your neck. And they are the sort of ones that we give out on the streets. And we also use these for personal witnessing. We try and keep, keep one in our handbag at home, in the car, wherever. And if we have a, a workman comes to the house, a little thank you for doing a good job. On a cold winter's day, um, a couple of months ago, two people from Octopus came to our house. 
making sure that we were keeping warm, making sure that we could afford to pay our bills, and, and we had a, a nice chat on the doorstep. And um, when we'd finished, I said, I've got a little gift for you. And I gave them one of these. We also have prison testaments, but we don't, in our branch, we don't have any prisons. They're covered by other branches. And we have what we call badged testaments. And this gives ownership. I think we have them for the girls' brigade. We have them for the scouts and the armed forces, they have their regimental badge on the front. And you have to be very careful where you put these because if you put them down, you never find them again because of the camouflage. <laughs> we get into the police and um, just before COVID, we were asked to give them to the Merseyside Fire and Rescue. And it, was, it took quite a long time they were deciding to get the badge right on the front and they, they wanted red ones, probably to match the fire engine. That's one of them. Oops, easy. And anyway, it was just kind of, COVID was, you know, the, the restrictions were lifting a little bit. So Stuart and I went along to, with, with 500 of those testaments. And uh, we had to speak in this huge room. It was about, oh, at least twice the size of this room. And there were about 30 people dotted around with eight feet apart. So it was quite intimidating, really. But they all accepted them, and many of them took them for, for colleagues that obviously not everybody was there. The chaplain uh, the, uh, took them out to all the different fire stations, and those 500 were distributed. The fire chief was very supportive at the end. He, he spoke and encouraged them all to, to read them. As I mentioned a few minutes about, about Eurovision, we've ordered 4,000 testaments for us to give out on the streets during the week of Eurovision. I can't show you one because they haven't been delivered yet. They've got a music emblem on the front and hopefully people will accept them as a memento of Eurovision, but hopefully they'll read them. Sometimes people ask how we fund uh, giving out all these Bibles. Obviously, they cost a fair bit of money. The members pay towards them. We get gifts from churches. We get gifts in people's wills. We get people slummy. Little money boxes. These are actually Gideon ones, but it doesn't matter. And people put their pennies and tuppences and any odd bits of cash in them. And Stuart tips them all into a bag, takes them along to our bank, not our bank, good news for everyone's bank, and tips them into the centrifuge. And it's surprising how they mount up. And it's not really costing people anything much. We have cards. These are a couple of sympathy cards, but they also do birthday cards. So if you send a card rather than sending flowers um, in, in sympathy, you can send a donation to Good News for Everyone and they'll send you a replacement card. So you should always have a card. The good thing about Good News for Everyone, unlike many other charities, every single penny that people donate goes to the purchase and distribution of the scriptures. The members cover all the admin costs. So, and speaking of funding, I'll hand over to Stuart. That centrifuge in the bank is the most fascinating thing I've come across for a long time. To see your pennies and tuppences whizzing around and all the foreign coins getting ejected is quite amazing to me. The technology is beyond comprehension sometimes. Um, we're just going to give you a few examples now of um, presentations that have been made 
and uh, the results uh, of those presentations. <clears throat> At the coronation in 1953, a copy of the full Bible was presented to Queen Elizabeth II with these words, We present you with this book, the most valuable thing this world affords. Next weekend will be the coronation of King Charles, and we trust that he will also be presented with a copy of the Bible because it deals with every experience of life. And that's really important because I'd like to read two real-life experiences to you uh, just to give you a sense of the value that people place on the Bible even today. The first one is from a lady who lives down in Reading. Back in April 91, I had a serious accident. I broke my back. I was 44 years old, and after living a very active life, I found myself lying in a hospital bed. Three lower back vertebrae were crushed when I hit the ground hard after my paraglider collapsed above a hill in Berkshire. The doctors told me I was actually lucky. They said after seven to eight weeks, the bones would knit together and I would make a complete recovery from my injuries. One day, a nurse showed me an X-ray of my back, which was taken soon after I was brought into the A&E. I discovered that I'd avoided ending up as a paraplegic by a hair's breadth. One crushed vertebrae would easily have severed my spinal cord. So why didn't it? In those days, I was an agnostic, unsure of whether there was a God. Not an atheist, though, just sitting on the fence, if you like. I started to think a lot about my injuries. Was I just very fortunate that I would not spend the rest of my life in a wheelchair? Or maybe, if there was a God, had he in fact protected me? <clears throat> I picked up a Gideon Bible on my bedside table and started to read it. This led me to deciding to read the whole of the Bible, Old Testament and New Testament, within a year. I was actively looking for God. I found him 18 months later, when, thanks to my Gideon Bible, I gave my life to my Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. This second one, which I'm going to read to you, is much closer to home, and even more amazing. A few years ago, National Office, that's the Gideon National Office, received a letter from the parents of a young lad. He'd met with a very serious road accident and had been taken to Alderhay Hospital in Liverpool, where he was not expected to survive overnight. The parents stayed in Ronald McDonald House in the hospital grounds. There they found a Gideon Bible, and reading it, they felt compelled to pray. So they contacted all their friends and relatives and asked them to pray too. The following morning, the doctors were astounded at the lad's improvement, which they could only describe as miraculous. The parents asked the hospital if they could keep the Bible, which had so inspired them. The lad eventually made a full recovery and a full month later was back in school. So we thank God for his goodness to that family and a replacement Bible has of course been provided to all the hay. My friends, we distribute the Bible because it does indeed deal with every experience in life. It gives advice and help, instructions and warnings, comfort and hope, correction and direction, predictions and promises. Most important of all, it leads us to faith in Jesus Christ, hope for the future, peace of mind and an assurance of eternal life to come.
So, that concludes our presentation this morning. If anybody has any questions they'd like to ask, please do so now, and um, then we'll bring the thing to a conclusion. All happy? That's good. Finally, can I encourage anyone here today who feels led to join our Central Liverpool branch, please speak to either Enid or myself, and we'll be happy to give you further details and an application form. Thanks so much for listening to this morning, and God bless you all. Thank you. Well, thank you, Stuart and Enid. We really appreciate that. That was excellent. Um, and I'm sure some of you may have questions, but didn't want to ask them there. Um, come and have a look at this stuff at the end. Speak to Stuart, speak to Enid. Um, and I, I think I can be as presumptuous as to say, if you've not got a Bible and you want one, you can have one. <laughs> and if they say you can't, then we'll get you one as a check. But I'm sure that you'll be welcome to take some of these. So do come and speak to Stuart and Enid afterwards. Have a look at the material. What a great thing. It's, it's true, isn't it? You know, we... The Bible has the power to change lives. I hope we read it. I hope we enjoy it. Um, but also, I hope we give it to other people and it's great work that Good News for Everyone are doing. Uh, if you are new to the Bible, um, the helps that were mentioned at the start, which gives you where to look in the Bible to get information on certain things, are really useful. Uh, and another thing is we're starting a new series this Wednesday, which is a Bible overview. So we're going to go through the whole Bible, but very quickly. So come on Wednesday at 730 our midweek meeting. I'm going to pray, then I'm going to hand over to my dad, and he's not going to do a full half hour, don't worry. He promised it's a lot less than that. He's going to do a short thought to wrap us up on Hebrews 11. So let me just pray for us now. Father, we thank you so much for what we have just heard from Stuart and Enid about good news for everyone. Lord, we thank you that you have given us your word, that you have given us a way that we can know all about who you are and what you've done for us. Father, we pray that we would not neglect this. But Lord, we also pray for the work that is being done by good news for everyone. We thank you that they have these opportunities to take uh, Bibles into places where people need them most. Lord, we pray that those doors will continue to be open. We know that there is increasing pressure, as was just told us, uh, that many places are looking for excuses not to take Bibles. Father, we pray that, that that would not be successful. We pray that instead Bibles would be in more hotel rooms and more hospital bedsides than ever before. And Father, we pray that they wouldn't just be there uh, just as a, a piece of furniture, but that they would be used and read. We thank you for these stories that we've heard of people who are, um, have, have read the Bible and have, have, have taken uh, courage from it. And Father, we also pray, we thank you for this, um, what initially was a, a problem, but the, the fact that now the hospital Bibles are shrink-wrapped and the people are encouraged to take them with them. And Father, we thank you that, that, that there will be people now who don't just open a Bible and read a page, but will be able to take it home with them after their time in hospital and read the whole thing. Lord, we pray that that would happen and we pray that you, by your Spirit, would speak to people's hearts as that does take place. Father, we pray now for my dad as he speaks to us and we pray that we would hear again from your word and put into practice what we learn for your glory. Amen. Well, thanks to both of you. Um, it is really encouraging to hear that this work uh, continues and also reminding us of the importance of God's word, the Bible. And Stuart said, among the things that we find in the Bible, is that we find faith, real faith. And that's what I just want to spend a few minutes speaking about now. You see, Hebrews chapter 11, we read just the first three verses. It's known as the chapter of faith. This morning, I trusted that the car would start. I'm actually trusting that Stella will make lunch. I hope she will anyway. Every day, we put our trust in people and things that are around us. You could say that by doing that, this morning, I put my faith in the car, that it would start, that it would get me here. 
put in my faith in Stella making our dinner because I'm trusting that she will. See, faith is having. Now get this. This is the important bit. Faith is having complete trust and confidence in something or someone. Can I say for certain my car will always start? Can I say for certain that this afternoon I'll get lunch from Stella? Sometimes it fails. And this is what I want us to think about. Faith, real faith, biblical faith, is being certain that your faith in that someone or something will not fail. Faith is central to Christianity. This faith, it's not a faith that fails. It's a living faith, it's an active faith, and it's based on the truth of God's word. It's also based on the power of the life, the death, and the resurrection of the one who is the Lord Jesus Christ. I say that full title purposely because that's who he is, the Lord Jesus the Christ. And get this, faith is not earned and faith is not learned. Think about that. We can't earn it, we can't learn it. This faith that is in this book here, God's Word, this is a faith that's given to us by God the grace of God given to those who trust in his word, his spoken word, the living word, the written word, a faith that is evident in the lives of those who trust in what God has given them. A faith that is certain, a faith that is sure, a faith that has a hope. And this has been referred to already this morning. Faith that offers something that goes beyond what this world can ever offer. That's the power of this faith. And it's a faith that can grow. It's based on solid foundations. Foundations that have been laid by the architect and the builder who is God. That's the foundations on which this real biblical faith is based. Hebrews chapter 11 begins with these words that define faith, that explain to us faith. Such a sure little passage. But within this little passage is basically everything we need to know to help us understand the faith that the Bible is speaking about. Not the faith that we have in the car, or the faith that we have in other people, or the faith that we have when we climb on the plane, the faith that it won't crash. They do crash sometimes. Because it's not complete faith. Now faith, listen to these words, is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commanded for. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command, so that what is seen was not made out of what is visible. You've got these few words that are telling us what faith is. And I want us just for these few moments this morning to walk through these few verses together and just Take out one or two things that we can take away with us. Because all these things are contained here 
in the Bible. If you pick up the full Bible, the Old and the New Testament, it's all in here. Everything we need to know about this faith that we're talking about this morning. Faith is. First, first part of that first verse. This is what it says. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for. Okay, stop for a moment. That word, confidence. It's being free from uncertainty. Get that? There's no doubt. There's no uncertainty. It is sure. A faith that is confident in what we hope for. The hope we have is in the confidence that we have from knowing that God is in control. How do we know God is in control? Because this book here tells us that God is in control, how he is in control, and it explains to us how we can understand how God is in control. You know, sometimes we think, hmm, it doesn't feel as though God is in control. I want him to do other things. No, no, God is in control, like a child with its parent. A parent who loves and cares for that child. And the child thinks, oh, I don't like that, and they don't love me, and all this. No, 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 there are reasons behind it. There are purposes for it. And the reasons and the purposes go beyond you and, beyond you and I as an individual. Because they're all part of something which is bigger and better and greater. In his first letter, the Apostle John, after writing the Gospel, said this, 1 John 4, 15 and 17. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them, and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love that God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God, and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us. Now get this little bit here now. So that we will have confidence, okay, and it goes on, on the day of judgment, and it tells us why, in this world, with that faith, we are like Jesus. Do you get that? Let me read it again. So that we will have that foundational, perfect confidence right through this life and beyond into the day of judgment, because in this world, with that faith that we have, we can be like Jesus. Jesus could say, and he's the only one who could say this. Jesus could say to the penitent thief on the cross, today you will be with me in paradise. Who else could say that? Who else could say This man at the end of his life, he's a criminal. He's done wrong. He's been punished to a because of his wrongs, he's been nailed to a cross. And because that man in that moment saw who Jesus was, who had faith in who Jesus was, accepted who Jesus was, spoke to Jesus, and Jesus said, Today, you will be me, be, be with me in paradise. How confident is that? What a foundation that must be based on. The Apostle Paul Speaking about Jesus, says in his letter to the church at Ephesus, you can read this in Ephesus 3, verse 12. In him, this is Jesus, and through faith in him, we may approach God, there's the bit, with freedom and confidence. Freedom from doubt and confidence in what we believe in. Second part of that verse. And this is Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1. And assurance about what we do not see. Now, there's a lot here. We're not going to go into all that in detail. But I'm just going to skip through it. If we walk through it together and take one or two things from it. Assurance means to have a guarantee. And a guarantee, we've all got guarantees. You get them with your appliances. Not very good, are they? <laughs> they don't guarantee you much. But this is talking about real guarantees. But a guarantee is an evidence of authenticity. 
and evidence that is saying this is genuine, this is real, this is true. That's what an assurance is. Hebrews 10, verse 19 to 25. I want you to just listen to these words as I read them to you and put them into the context of what we're looking at. God's word, the Bible, that tells us about faith, real faith. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence, if these words are going to be popping up that we've just been looking at, okay? So stay with me. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to do what? To enter the most holy place. How? By the blood of Jesus. By a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is his body. That's speaking about the crucifixion when the curtain was ripped in the tabernacle from top to bottom. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, he is our mediator. We don't need priests who need to take us into the presence of God. We have the great high priest who takes. This is what this faith gives us. Let us draw near to God. How? With a sincere heart. And what with and with the full assurance that faith brings. There's that word assurance again. Having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water, preparing us for the presence of God. And it goes on, let us hold unswervingly. There we go again. So those words we're looking at. To the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. That's completely faithful. And it goes on. And let us consider how we may spare one another on towards love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. But encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. We're living in the last days. All of God's church has been living in the last days. The last days are getting nearer. You see, this is the order of things. Faith first. The faith that is given to us by God when we accept Jesus as Savior. And then that leads to the good works. The good works that we do don't earn us faith. We can't earn it. The confidence we can have is in the death of Jesus. It allows us to draw near to God. It gives us the desire to help and encourage each other as we look forward to his return. That's why people are giving out these Bibles. That's why they've set aside the time to do that, to go into schools, into hospitals, to go into prisons, to go to where people are, young people, children, old people, in care homes. The question is, on what do we base our hope? Right? It's the question for everyone. You know, I hope the car would start and when it did start it would get us here I'm hoping that Stella will cook my dinner she might not <laughs> she might say nah go and do your own you know I can't have complete faith in the fact that that will happen I just hope okay a few things to consider now Psalm 33 verse 18 but the eyes of the Lord are on those who fear him. That is, those who trust him. Fear him enough to trust in him and accept the faith that he gives us through the power of the cross. But let me just read that again and give you the last few words of that verse. But the eyes of the Lord are on those who fear him, on those who whose hope is in his unfailing love. There you go. It's sure. It's certain. 
God is love. And God's love won't fail us. 1 Peter 1 verse 21 through to 23. Through him you believe in God who raised him from the dead and glorified him. And so your faith and hope are in God. Now that you have purified yourselves, this doesn't mean we made ourselves pure. It means we came to be made pure. Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth so that you have sincere love for each other, love one another deeply from the heart. Get this bit. For you have been born again. And it goes on. Not as perishable seed, but by the imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. Okay? 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17 Therefore, if anyone is in Christ the new creation has come the old is gone and the new is here the Christian faith it's not a blind faith it's a saving faith you've heard that before but have you fully understood it? it's not a blind faith it's a saving faith and you have this saving faith that the dying thief had on the cross when he said, he spoke these words, referring to the other thief on the cross and himself. We are punished justly for we're getting what our deeds deserved. Then he turns to Jesus. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. I wonder if Jesus will remember you and I. Saving faith is to believe that Jesus is the Son of God and that he is our Saviour. But it's more than that. It is to believe that we are in need of salvation. And we're in need of salvation because of our nature, which is a sinful nature. It's really no better than the life of the thief on the cross. It's just that it maybe doesn't extend as far as he did, but it's still sin that led him there. And we have that same sinful nature. Salvation, it's not earned and it's not learned. Salvation is by faith alone in Christ. This faith is the living faith that will be by the work of the Holy Spirit show itself in the life of the believer. I'm going to read from Romans and I'm going to finish with these words. I want you to listen to them in relation to what has been said about the distribution of God's word, the need for the distribution of God's word and also the need for God's word to be heard and read. And in the few things we've learned from verse 1 to 3 in Hebrews 10. We will return to Hebrews 10 at a later date because there's a lot more in here. But for this morning, just listen to the Apostle Paul. You can find it in Romans 10 verse 9 through to 13. Just listen to the relevance to what we've looked at and the relevance that it is to you and I. If you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. As scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. For there's no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. Get that, all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Now we're going to read on the next few verses of that same passage before we do. 
This next bit is going to answer the question, how can others know about the saving faith? Right? So listen to what Paul says as he continued in that passage. Now then, can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they haven't heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. The Bible is the written word of God. It contains the good news which is for everyone. And the good news is about Jesus, who is the living word of God, who died and rose again, so that whosoever can have eternal life in him, whosoever, whosoever can have, by that living, saving faith in Jesus, That whosoever who can have that eternal life, that whosoever is you and me and everyone else and every one of us needs this book. We need God's written word, we need God's spoken word, and we need the one who is the living word of God, the one who is the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we just thank you for the fact that we have heard this morning of the work that goes on, taking your word into places where people under normal circumstances, circumstances would not hear it. But they are able to hear it through reading what you have to say to them as you have recorded for us in your word. We thank you that you, you preserved this book down the ages. There's been so many people, so many nations have tried to destroy it. They've been burnt, they've been ridiculed. And yet this word, which is your word, still exists because it is your word. Father, just bless those who distribute your written word Bless those who speak your written word. And bless those who, through our lives, who have accepted you, will live and show your word to others. Amen. We're going to sing our closing hymn now, uh, which is 59, Blessed Assurance, Jesus is mine. 59.
Should we say the grace together? Now may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all forevermore. Amen.